The Los Angeles Clippers have the second largest comeback in NBA history. Anthony Davis makes his return for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors look like the Warriors of old. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your usual co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm Sean Coleman here with Locked On Grizzlies. The biggest thing of all, I'm not John Corrales, and that should make this show better than ever. But it's a pleasure to be with you, Jake. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for filling in for John, who's busy. I don't think he needed to do much, much work tonight. We had nine games in the NBA and that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to spend too. We'll, we'll touch on it, but not too much time. Exactly. Pleasure to be with you. No, thanks for being here. Nine games around the association. So you, you have fun kind of catching up around the league, seeing everything here? It is. It is. And the thing that stands out to me tonight is that there were some blowouts. There were some exciting games. But the big thing for me to take away is that teams that needed a statement victory to kind of re-get going in the direction that they want to go in a positive way, that occurred for the Celtics and the Warriors. But for some other teams like the Kings and the Wizards, the writing's kind of on the wall. This season's not going the way that they wanted it to to begin with. No, definitely not. Let's start with that Wizards one because what what an ending. This is the second largest comeback in NBA history. It's the largest comeback in Clippers history. 35 points. The Clippers beat the Wizards 116-115. Let me set the stage here if you didn't see this because this was absolutely ridiculous. The Wizards were up six with 10 seconds left. The Clippers inbound the ball. Luke Kennard gets it. Hits a deep three with 8.2 seconds left. Now the, uh, the Wizards are up three. The Wizards on the next possession get a cool five second violation 4.3 seconds left clippers ball they inbound it to canard who shoots a three but is fouled with 1.9 seconds left he makes the three so that ties the game and then he goes to the free throw line hits the free throw to win by a point this was just an absolutely ridiculous ending and it's not so much the clippers comeback in like luke canard and his heroics at the end of this one right this is the, the Wizards look like a damn zombie or something like that, just shambling towards the end of this game, just like lifeless. The crowd was lifeless. How do you not foul at that point? They should have fouled earlier. They they might have tried, but didn't really do it. But like you look at this Wizards team after that hot start, Sean, and I see this game and just it almost feels like someone needs to put them out of their misery to a certain degree. Yeah, you, you want statement games for a positive reason, right? But I think that this is something where the way the Wizards season has been going over the past two weeks to a month or so, this game was a statement game for a negative reason. This was just kind of the indication that you don't want to see, that all that positivity at the beginning of the year, it's basically gone. And while you don't want to get too ahead of yourself with storylines and things like that, it's this type of game that begin a, can begin a slippery slope in Washington. Nobody wants to face that can lead to some narratives that really could start to impact the future of the franchise in the offseason and the rest of this season yeah look and it's still the clippers right who haven't had uh paul george for a while they haven't had Kawhi leonard at any point this season it's not like like look they're a little scrappy and they fight but it's not like their record indicates that they're a killer team they're under 500 even after this one and then you have the wizards of like like what do they 
do. And like, that's the problem. You know, this put them another game under 500. This is a four game losing streak for them right now. Bradley Beal looked furious at the end of the game. And that's where you're the most nervous if you're Washington, right? Like that's, that's the big concern on how is he going to take this? You know, Kyle Kuzma had an off shooting night, six of 14. He did finish with 19 points, you know, and you kind of look at this roster and it's like, uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was was clanking some misses, two of ten shooting, and he hasn't really gelled with them. Like, you know, as we get closer to the trade deadline, is that a team that should maybe blow it up to a certain degree, or are they going to just try and hold this thing together as much as possible to keep Bradley Beal as long as possible? I think that's the interesting question, and that kind of puts them in a in a you know hard position. You want to take this and potentially you know kind of as you said, blow it up, get some you know maybe what could you get for a Thomas Bryant? Could you shop a Kyle Kuzma or what have you to see what's out there? But if you do that, that's another clear indication once again you couldn't put it together for Bradley Beal. And do you really want to face that now? Do you want to start that process this early where you go into a very pivotal offseason for the franchise that may not work out the way you want to if you start selling pieces off at the deadline? Yeah, they're they're in a they're in a pretty precarious spot, I think. Bradley Beal, by the way, 23 points on the night. Luke Kennard finished with 25, including those six, seven points, I should say, right at the end to win the game. Then you had Amir Coffee on a two-way deal with 29 points for the Clippers. Moving on, we said there were a bunch of games. We got the Denver Nuggets holding on to beat the Pistons 110-105. Pistons down 16 at one point in this one, but really managed to erase that deficit in the fourth quarter. But the Nuggets managed to eke out a win behind. Nikola Jokic he's still good 28 points 21 rebounds nine assists and then Cade Cunningham looking like an absolute stud 34 points eight rebounds eight assists four blocks and two steals man he he was impressive in this one and you remember like all of those early struggles he had and coming back from injury looks pretty laughable right now exactly and we talk you know it's been it's been an outstanding rookie campaign from what has been one of the deeper drafts that we've seen in 2021, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, and others. But Cade Cunningham, this is the type of game that if we want to talk about any of these statement games, this game that the Detroit fan base needed to see exactly who Cade Cunningham can be, this is the one that gets you excited and reminds you of why he was the number one pick. Just an outstanding performance from him all across the board. This is one of those one those type of games that could really get the rookie going for the Pistons. Yeah, he, he- you see the, in this one that he's just, oh, I'm I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm more athletic than so many of these other guys out there on the court than almost anybody, right? And he's just like, I'm going to use my physical attributes. Look at the way he moves and navigates screens, right, with like strength and speed. He's got quickness and like just smart basketball IQ to be able to anticipate some of these things. Just an unbelievably well-rounded performance for the Denver Nuggets, though. Their bench, one, look, they're dealing with injuries. That's really hurting them. Compazzo has been terrible off the bench. They they stuck Bones Highland there, you know, a guy that they seemed high on coming into this season. He only played six minutes in this one and could give them something. I don't understand the the point of, of sticking him on the bench when some of those other guys have been terrible. It's a weird kind of coaching decision, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, you just added uh, DeMarcus Cousins to the bench, you know, as an intriguing option, perhaps. But at the end of the day, listen, I get Composo can make heady plays at times. But at the end of the day, you don't want to put too much on individual plus minus and things like that. But the clear point is Bones Highland, Brent Forbes, who you just traded for, those players need the majority of the playing time in your backcourt beyond Monty Morris and others instead of Composo. That is something you've got to do for Denver to consistently win those non-Jokic minutes. Yeah, and, and and they're not doing that, and that's something that could potentially hurt them, almost hurt them in this one. So another game we're going to mention here before we head to a quick break and then talk about all of the other ones here was the New Orleans Pelicans losing to the Philadelphia 76ers, 117-107. Look, New Orleans was without their four best players, not counting Zion, who's been out all year. No Brandon Ingram, no Jonas Valanciunas, no Devontae Graham, no Josh Hart. This was basically a scheduled loss, but look, they fight hard under new head coach Willie Green and eventually talent's going to win out and Joel Embiid is really really good 42 points on the night for him that's his sixth game above 40 this season Tobias Harris 33 points on an efficient 13 of 19 shooting Philadelphia gets the win they got a big date coming up with the Los Angeles Lakers so more coming up here next on locked on NBA we got Anthony Davis returning the Kings getting blown out Golden State looking like Golden State more that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is also brought to you by Prize Picks. NBA fans, we've been telling you about Prize Picks, and if you haven't signed up yet, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Our listeners will get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point, but you must use the promo code NBA. That's right, it's an exclusive offer for Locked On listeners only who use promo code NBA. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. And Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of points, assists, rebounds, threes, take the over maybe on Joel Embiid right now. You just pick two to five players, and it's an over under on their projections, and it's you versus the projected numbers. No guys with like eight monitors or things like that that you You've got to play it's just you beating those numbers that you see right out there and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and price picks also allows mixed sports entries you can take the over on Embiid combined with the under on anything you want in the nfl as we get the conference championship games this weekend and you get to use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play price picks is safe and offers quick and fast withdrawals so go to pricepicks.com today or use your app store to download the app and all of our listeners that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. That's right. Any one of our listeners that makes a deposit and uses our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your pr- first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week, breaking down all of the games that you didn't watch. We did. We'll catch you up on everything you need to know around the league and no paywall or anything like that. Absolutely free. And make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel because we've got the Locked On NBA uh, trade deadline special. Antonio Daniels, our expert, is going to be there breaking it all down. We'll have reaction to any deals that go down. It's going to be from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on February 10th. All right, Sean, we got a couple more games we got to cover, and 
we finally got the return of Anthony Davis. He's been out for a while from the Los Angeles Lakers, and they beat the Nets on the road 106-96. Again, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving because it's a home game for the Nets. He struggled in this one and didn't look the best. That was maybe to be expected, right? Eight points on three of eight shooting, just two rebounds, two assists, but he did have four blocks. The Lakers get the win. You feeling better about them or is this just, eh, look, it's nice, but not not enough? Well, and, and we'll see. You know, that's the thing. You want to sit here and say that the Lakers may have a run in them, and they certainly may. But the encouraging thing for me, for whatever you can get encouraged by about the Lakers, um, Jake, is that, you know, they've got these duos that are f- f- falling into their roles. You've obviously got LeBron lead the offense, Anthony Davis anchoring the defense. But the thing that stands out to me is you've got the glue guys like Austin Reeves, who just adds positive play every time he's in. You know, he's the guy who's consistently helping out, adding those positive plays. But that shooting combination off the bench and Carmelo, and Malik Monk, that could really be a difference maker for the Lakers in some of these games against the better teams in the NBA. That, to me, is a narrative to watch for them that could really fuel a groove for them here over the next coming weeks and months. Yeah, you know, like, I, I agree with you, right? It, it kind of comes down to them. Can they, Can these guys kind of play above what we've seen from them this season? Like, are these players going to be kind of the best versions of themselves, right? Like, with the Lakers, it's easy to say that with Russell Westbrook. If he has a good game, and is like not not the rest we're normally thinking of right now. Like they win. I've covered a couple of those here on Lockdown NBA where he has like an efficient, crazy good stat line and like they win running away. And then you have these other games where they don't necessarily have that. And I think it kind of also applies to like Carmelo Anthony. I know this is like the most reductive analysis ever, right? Player has a good game and team wins and player has a bad game and they lose. I don't know if I trust a guy like Melo, right? Like we've seen him have off nights. He got carried a little bit, I think, in this one by his three of seven shooting, right? Finished with 13 points on 10 shots. It's fine off the bench. Malik Monk, 22 points on 13 shots, but he's six of 12. Like I don't expect him to shoot, you know, 50% from three. I'll agree with you though about, about Austin Reeves. He's a guy they need to be playing more that just seems to make like the right kind of play but you know look LeBron carried him in this one 30 33 points right seven rebounds six assists three steals two blocks like that's a you know for his age and everything and what he's like that's the reason why we don't like write him off just yet because it's dumb because this is what he does and that's the big thing with the Lakers at the end of the day it's you know what you're going to get from LeBron can you get as many players as possible adding to it instead of taking away from it that's really what it comes down to no, I, I'm with you on that one. That's a really, really good way to put it. He he gives you so many positives. Can you not have people kind of outweigh that and add more negatives to it? For the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden, 33 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists on the night. Let's get over to, oh my God, man, the Kings. I saw the, like, the score update, and then I was like, okay, I'll tune into this one for a little bit, and my eyes hurt. the Boston Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings. Tatum and Brown combined for 66th in this one. The first real dominant win by the Celtics all season long. I don't know if that's saying much about the Celtics or more about the Kings. In this one, the Kings' leading score had 11 points. Like, this was just... That was Buddy Heald off the bench. This was sad. Like, this was sad. If I were a Kings fan... I would feel really, really, really bad. Like, I don't know what to say to something like this. Like, the Kings, who just put out news reports, right, and leak things to the media, like, we love our core, and we we stand by this, and we're not going to trade for Ben Simmons. Trade everyone. 
including the front office and ownership at this point, it feels like. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You look at the names on this, Jake, and, and there's names to work with. Like, that's what still amazes me. There are attractive names there that rightfully are attractive to other teams, but it's just not working out with the Kings. I know that uh, Locked on Kings host Matt George, he's just to the point of throwing his hands up in the air, and, and I don't blame him. But the thing that I'll say is this, is that they have got to probably prioritize getting some, some type of young defensive wing with whatever they do. If they make a trade of a Barnes, if they make a trade of a Rashawn Holmes, what have you, they have got to get a core piece there to put with Davion Mitchell to have some sort of duo that can help them out of the defensive end to go with Fox and Halliburton on the offensive end. It's wild because they've been so bad defensively for multiple seasons now. Yeah. Like this, and giving up almost 130, right, is like not new for them. This is just kind of like what they do. It's almost their identity at a certain yes. point, which is kind of sad to say out loud. And look, they didn't have De'Aaron Fox in this game, but let's not pretend like that would have mattered whatsoever in a game that the Celtics led by as many as 60 in. Like, they just... I, I don't know. Like I'm almost like flabbergasted a little bit at this because it's it feels so bad there. And it's like almost like they put out those statements of like, we love our guys. We're going to build around Fox. We're going to build around Halliburton. We're going to build around Mitchell. And all of those guys were like, please don't. And then completely like tanked and are almost losing on purpose because this is, you know, you fired Luke Walton. You got Alvin Gentry in there, right? Not a defensive guy, but like clearly that hasn't woken them up or anything like Man, at this point, just make some sort of panic trade and just try and do, like, anything, I think. Well, and that's the thing. This story about them wanting to build around their core and all this positive mumbo-jumbo, for lack of a better way of putting it, all that it is, that's a reaction to a plan that they had that didn't work out with Fox not being <laughs> the attractive trade cheese that trade piece that they had hoped but i will say this all about also about the celtics i know they were playing the kings but 66 combined points between both tatum and brown you want to talk about riding the ship this is the type of game where you expect that performance that's exactly what happened an outstanding performance from a duo that consistently reminds people of just how talented they are in terms of the rest of the nba yeah, and Tatum seems to definitely have gotten out of a little bit of a slump that he was in earlier in the year. You also had a pretty strong performance from Robert Williams too, right? 13 points, 17 rebounds from him, almost five assists in, four, uh, sorry, four assists, three steals, two blocks. Like uh, stats across the board contributing in multiple areas. You know, if the Celtics want to make a run and kind of right the ship because it definitely feels like things have been teetering there, right? Like, yeah, helps to play the Kings a little bit I, I think as well. So moving on, we got the San Antonio Spurs just kind of cruising uh, with a balanced attack past the Houston Rockets, 134-104. In this one, you had the Spurs have eight guys in double figures while the Rockets couldn't shoot. I don't know if there's a ton more to say from this one, Sean. Absolutely not. And, and this is the type of game where you just had two teams that, you know, probably you're not going to be in the playoffs, probably are on their way to the lottery. You just have one team get hot and the other, you know, struggle themselves. But you have to give it to um, DeJounte Murray again. Listen, he's a guy this year who has been outstanding. He's good. Former type year. He has shown so many ways he can contribute outside of scoring, but a really balanced approach. If the Spurs have any type, of aspirations to be in that playing tournament, this type of all-around team performance is what you can build off of to get that fuel going to, to be in that play-in uh, tournament potentially. 
Uh, Murray's been sneaky good this year. Yeah. Like sneaky good. He should be a, a name that's talked about more at the trade deadline, but one, it would take a lot, I think, to acquire him. I don't think the Spurs want to get rid of a guy like that. That just kind of fits them so unbelievably well. So coming up, we got three more games, including the Golden State Warriors looking like the Golden State Warriors. And Anthony Edwards dropping 40 here in the late game let's get to that coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans before we get to that though today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by built bar it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions and if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier like mine is make sure you include built bar in your plan built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar even better than a candy bar i just uh, put in an order and I got them the other day. I've got the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake and it makes it easier to stick to my new year's resolution of eating a little bit healthier because these things taste good. I look forward to eating them. You know, I'll have moments where I have like sugar cravings sometimes late at night and that's a terrible idea. I go to built bars now that way I'm eating healthy and satisfying it because these things taste unbelievably. So if you want to eat healthy, but it gets boring, You've got to have Built Bars with you. And look, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, I've had some that are very metallic-y. It's, it's awful. These things are soft. They're chewy. You don't need to chug down a bottle of water or anything like that after you eat one of these. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And most bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams protein. Compare that to anything that would satisfy your sweet tooth or even any other protein bar. And Bill Bar is going to win pretty much every single time. So you've got to keep a couple of these around if you have those cravings like I do, if you want to stick to your New Year's resolution. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. We're here five days a week breaking down everything you want to know about the association, the games, the biggest stories around the team, and recapping the night that, look, there are a lot of games. You didn't watch them all. We did. We've got you covered, so you're up to date on everything going on. Now, for your second listen, I'm just going to promote this and be a little bit of a homer here. Locked On Saints. Sean Payton retiring from the Saints. That's a big deal. Host Ross Jackson giving you everything you want to know on the black and gold right there. And one of the bigger and kind of surprising stories around the NFL. All right, Sean, let's wrap up the night. Let's jump to the next game. The Golden State Warriors taking it to the Dallas Mavericks, 130-92. Tim Hardaway Jr. injured his foot early on in this one in the second quarter. It's a broken fifth metatarsal, basically the pinky toe. This might rule him out for the season. That's a big blow for the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Tapps, Porzingis, kicked the ball into the stands pretty hard, got ejected. It really just wasn't the Mavs' night. But also, the Golden State Warriors kind of made it not their night. They looked really good in this one. I think the saying goes, there are levels to this. That's exactly what you took away from this game. A complete overall effort from the Warriors. And you saw Klay Thompson, his outside of the scoring value. He seems to be getting more comfortable. But overall, we know Steph has struggled. We know that he has struggled here recently. But the team putting together this type of shooting performance against a Dallas defense, Jake, that is legitimately good. This is people, this is the Warriors reminding people just how good they can be. They give a full team effort in place, but also for Dallas to take away, especially with THJ now potentially being out for the season, does this make it clear they need to go out and be aggressive, especially potentially get another offensive piece to put with Luka and KP and Brunson? 
You know, it, it definitely feels like it, right? And look, they just had an off night with the with the Warriors kind of doing whatever they wanted. But Tim Hardaway Jr. has been a big key piece for them. And that's something that you need to try and replace because they've been steadily improving as this season's gone on. And they've finally gotten a good defense. As you said, they've been top 10 for a while now. They, they probably want to try and kind of ride that wave and keep it going and then on the flip side the golden state warriors as you said balanced right andrew wiggins 14 points Otto Porter jr 12 clay thompson 15 steph curry 18 some of these guys are getting points because they pulled the starters you know basically at the start of the fourth but jordan Poole, 17 you had jonathan kaminga get in on the action have a monster fourth quarter including a huge dunk he finished with 22 they were just all over the place the defense kind of swarming too and they're still doing this without draymond green as well when that defense gets going though and you know steph curry's going to come around they seem to have also kind of expanded clay thompson's role a little bit i think that's really important he started all of the quarters then took a breather but you knew he was going to be out there at the start of each period then they kept they the plan was to try and keep him in the fourth if it was a close game didn't come to that it seems they've like kind of really figured out what's working for them in the moment, despite those struggles of clay of Steph Curry, I think. And that's, that's kind of scary for them to kind of figure some of that stuff out. I mean, you sit here and look at this team. You've got a legitimate team, Jake, who already when they get Draymond back, they're going to have a starting lineup that can go against anybody, especially with their third quarter crowds, any other starting lineup. And now look at the bench with Poole and Kaminga and Porter and Toscano Anderson. James Wiseman even coming back in a role eventually if he were to return this year. You've got a bench role. Yeah, I forgot about him. You could just step up. You're talking about a, a team that can play 10 deep in the playoffs, and it's just scary how they can win on with two different lineups at any point in the game. This was a reminder of just how good and deep the Warriors can be and why they are a clear favorite for the title. Yeah, look, they're, they're definitely, again, watch out. And they looked like Warriors of old in this one. So moving on, the Timberwolves, Pippen, the uh, Portland Trailblazers, 109-107. Late in this one, the the Wolves come back, started to kind of mount a bit of a comeback, cut this lead after they have been down by double digits most of the night, started to come back in the third quarter. Then you had Anthony Edwards completely take over the fourth quarter. You know, even if the Portland Trailblazers won this one, he was going to be the story. 40 points for the second-year man, 14 of 27 shooting, 5 of 13 from deep, 7 of 11 from the line. That's not great. Nine rebounds, three steals, three blocks. Just, it, it, it started to feel like he has arrived in the NBA. And that maybe not 40 points regularly, but high 20s, 30s are something that he's going to be able to do pretty frequently. And a couple of layers to it is this is, listen, you know, it, it, for being the Locked On Grizzlies guy, I have the pleasure of seeing, you know, John Moran on a nightly basis, but he's uh, one of the more watchworthy young players for other fan bases to see. That's what Anthony Edwards is becoming for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He clearly is becoming one of the few guys, 22, 23 or younger in the league, Jake, who you just feel any night can go get what he needs to get. That 25 to 30 seems like it's going to be a consistent production point from him. And it's just a lot of fun. Like Anthony Edwards is one of the most fun individuals in the NBA and you're seeing him really start to develop as one of the true go-to scores one of the true more talented scores in the league again one of the more watchworthy young players in the NBA 
Look, he was clutched down the stretch, five of seven for 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's an incredible performance against a, a Portland team that's like not a not a pushover, right? Like yeah. Portland's been surging a little bit, even without Damian Lillard. You had CJ McCollum, only 15 points in this one, but Nurkic 20, Nasser Little with 20, Anthony Simons with 17. Like they've been pushing it. It feels like they're a Damian Lillard away now from almost being good. And who knows when he'll come back, but like they kept fighting and it took you know, Anthony Edwards heroics to, to win this game, but he's definitely kind of arrived, I think on the stage a little bit. And then we got our final game we're covering tonight. You've got the Toronto Raptors over the Charlotte Hornets, 125, 113. No Fred Van Vliet or Scotty Barnes, which meant it was the Pascal Siakam show 24 points on the night for him. You had Gary Trent Jr. Really working well off of him. You saw that Charlotte was kind of selling out to stop Siakam who finished by the way, with also, nine rebounds and 12 assists so that left gary trent jr open 32 points for him five of 10 shooting from deep he was great they got the win but charlotte their young players man are still pretty fun and they're they're starting to make a bit of a push yeah and that's a takeaway from this from two teams that likely have aspirations to be in the playoffs despite them likely being in the play-in tournament you have gary trent jr who can step up and be big late in games i've seen it happen against the grizzlies i know from uh, raptors fans they've seen it happen before that's a development for them. And then, you know, the Hornets, who haven't really had as much of a year from Terry Rozier as they had hoped that they would have. You know, they, they lost Devontae Graham, obviously, to your Pelicans. This type of game for James Booknight to come up and compliment LaMelo Ball, that could be a really good piece for them, a really fun thing to continue to explore with how high of a pick they use on James Booknight. So even in a loss, a good development for the Hornets to build off of with their young backcourt moving forward. He was excellent off the bench. 18 points, 6 of 11 shooting. He was really good in this one. Getting to the line. LaMelo Ball, by the way, 25 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists. And then you also had Miles Bridges with 22 points. But their young guys developing. That's, you know, as much as they want to get into the playoffs. Those guys kind of developing, playing well together is probably the biggest thing for them. So there you go. Nine games. It was a busy night all around the association. We watched it. You didn't watch it all. That's okay. We covered it all here for you over at the Locked On NBA channel. And that's going to do it for the Locked On NBA podcast, the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. As always, on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Yep, and my name's Sean Coleman, uh, but jumping in here for John Corrales. Best to John, but you can find me on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Man, everyone go give him a listen over at Locked on Grizzlies because John Morant is an absolute superstar and one of the more fun players in the league. And Sean, you're doing an awesome job keeping us up to date on everything going on around arguably the most exciting young player. I, I have no problem saying this in the NBA right now. So I appreciate you subbing in. It was a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun watching all these games and being able to talk about it. All right, there you go. That's the Locked on NBA podcast, part of the Locked on podcast network. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.